0: This week's episode of the Arc Tactic Podcast is brought to you by uGallery.com. Discover the world's most talented emerging artists from the comfort of your home on uGallery.com. uGallery.com is the leading curated online art gallery featuring a diverse collection of quality original works at accessible prices. Artwork ships free, arrives at your doorstep ready to hang, and comes with a seven-day money-back guarantee. Browse our collection at uGallery.com. That's the letter u This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is also brought to you by ArtBase. Did you know that ArtBase is the best love software in the art world? ArtBase offers products that do everything you need to run your art business. Track your art and your contacts and cross-reference them. Make invoices, generate consignments, run all kinds of reports. Even use it on your iPad or iPhone at art fairs or while you're away. Take it from the thousands of happy ArtBase clients all over the world. ArtBase is the right software for your art business. Visit ArtBase.com to find out more. Thanks for downloading the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're joined by Simone de Puri, the former chairman of Sotheby's Europe and the former owner and co-founder of Philips de Puri. He's currently a London-based art dealer and advisor and the author of the new book, The Auctioneer, Adventures in the Art Trade. Simone, thanks so much for speaking with us.
1: It's a great pleasure, Adam.
0: You have a new book out, as we said, The Auctioneer, Adventures in the Art Trade. First, tell us what the book is about and why you decided to write it now. When I was a young man starting in the art market many, many
1: years ago, I read a book by a French auctioneer, Maurice Reims, which was called Haute Curiosité, which uh, basically was an anecdote about his um, experiences as an auctioneer in in, uh, Paris in the 1950s, 60s. And um, when I read that book, I was totally fascinated by his life. And I thought, this is the kind of life I wouldn't mind uh, living myself. And then at various stages during my professional life, I had to think back to this book of Maurice Haas, and I always thought to myself that you know one day uh, I might wish to do the, the same thing. And um, I, when I was in Los Angeles through Jeffrey Deitch, I was introduced to Bill Stadium, who's a writer. And um, Bill Stadium then uh, you know volunteered to co-write this book with me, which uh, was was a, an opportunity that I seized. Um, and so the book was really done over a number of, uh, Skype calls, uh, between LA and London. And, um, and and so the result of these
0: conversations is, is the book. Your new book chronicles your career in the art world. Can you share with us your mindset when you were at Sotheby's and towards the end of your career there and what prompted you to decide to leave and start Phillips Depuri? Uh,
1: I had spent... Uh, A total of uh, 16 years at Sotheby's, very happy years, in two installments, in fact. I had uh, first spent five years uh, at Sotheby's, and then I left Sotheby's to be curator of the Thyssen-Bornamisa collection uh, between 1979 and 1986, and Baron Thyssen-Bornamisa was at that time the most active private collector in the world and um I was you know in, in, in charge of his uh, collections. Then I rejoined Sotheby's in eighty six and where I stayed up till uh nineteen ninety seven. And um so after having spent a total of sixteen years, I felt it was time to uh you know do something else. And uh, together with Daniela Luxembourg, who was a colleague of mine at Sotheby's, she was the Uh, founder of Sotheby's in Israel, and uh, 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 deputy chairman of Sotheby's in Switzerland. And we decided together to start a uh, uh, a dealership called uh, the Puri in Luxembourg. And so between 1997 and 2000, we focused on uh, top-end private transactions, mostly in the impressionist modern and contemporary field, but we also did some transactions of uh, some uh, selected old masters And uh, in uh, early 2001, we merged our business with uh, Philips, which then became uh, Philips de Purie in Luxembourg, and subsequently Philips de Purie when Daniela Luxembourg uh, decided to uh, get back into dealing.
0: I wanted to ask you a question about winning major art consignments for an auction house. If you could take us a little bit behind the scenes and tell us how much is winning a consignment about the relationship that you have with the collector versus competing with other auction houses to offer the collector the best deal?
1: I think it's very much a combination of both. In the old days, it was mostly about the relationship and uh, Uh, When you are a collector, you have a very personal uh, relationship with the artworks that you have acquired over the years. And so if you are uh, about to sell them, you want to entrust them to somebody who's going to take the best possible care of them. It's a little bit like entrusting your children to somebody. And uh, therefore, uh, relationships that you develop over the years with key collectors uh, have uh, uh, an, an important role uh, in in getting consignments. But at the same time, of course, it is very much about the deal that you can offer to the vendor and uh, uh, trying to structure a deal that is going to be to the best advantage of the vendor.
0: At Phillips De Puri, being smaller relative to Sotheby's and Christie's, uh, did that actually offer you certain advantage in how you operated your business?
1: Well, when I became uh, the uh, majority owner of uh, Philippe de Puri, uh, we, we decided with my key colleagues that we would focus on uh, areas that the main auction houses at the time were not uh, focusing on. And these were um, cutting-edge contemporary art, particularly art of the 80s, 90s, and 21st century, and also uh, design and photography. And by fo- focusing on these areas, we rapidly were able to develop a track record of uh, you know, good results in, in that area. And so we then generated quite a bit of momentum in those fields. So we were introducing every season artists that had never been sold at auction uh, before. Uh, And and so artists, for instance, like uh, Urs Fischer or uh, Mark Rotian or Sterling Ruby, I could give you a long list of artists, also photographers and designers that we were championing. Uh, We were giving them a... Uh, presence in our auctions, but both in our catalogues, but also in our exhibitions, that they would not have gotten at that stage of their careers in the other houses. So we were, and that was uh, a competitive advantage. So somebody who was consigning a good work by any of the artists that we were focusing on knew that uh, this work would be shown in the best possible way in in the most luxurious most beautiful catalog that could be produced and also would be exhibited in a way uh, that uh, was done with a care that went far beyond doing just a normal auction preview. We, we were uh, putting a focus on mounting these
0: exhibitions, which was comparable to mounting a museum exhibition. What do you see as some of the main challenges to the auction industry in the next five years or so?
1: Now, to sell out... At auction in the uh, brick and mortar way is a very costly uh, way to to do business because you do need a very large, uh, extensive, international network. You need a large infrastructure, and all of that, you know, is is costly. Producing catalogs, uh, shipping them to clients all over the world. Uh, a, you have a very large payroll with so many uh, people on your on, uh, on on the staff. So all of this is 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 a very costly way to do business. And so I think the main challenge of the uh, large auction houses is you know to to have a, a decent profitability um, and not just to
0: you know turn over business for the sake of turning it over. We see all these online auction businesses emerging. I'm curious what your general thoughts about the online art space. Do you think any of these are taking a particularly correct approach in terms of grabbing market share? What are your overall impressions of that area and how it's developed? Uh, First of all, I believe that, and and, and this is in a
1: way the follow-up to your previous question, I I believe that uh, the Internet will offer a more efficient way uh, for artworks, particularly the price range between $10,000, but up to $1 million, uh, to be sold in the most effective way will be, will be through the internet. Uh, now the challenge of the various companies that are focusing on, on, on the internet side of, 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 of the uh, auction business is really to develop the credibility and trust that the uh, established main players in the brick-and-mortar auction field have established since years, if not to say since generations, and uh, some of these companies uh, have brilliant entrepreneurs or marketeers that are running them. Uh, but their, their their challenge is to match this with a degree of expertise and curation that uh, gets the confidence of the marketplace.
0: Are there any specific geographical art markets outside of the mainstream US and Europe where you see opportunities or you're excited about the contemporary art scenes there?
1: The great thing about the contemporary art market over the last 10 years is that it has become uh, completely global. So uh, where when I started in, in this business, the contemporary art sales uh, that Sotheby's and Christie started in the 1970s were uh, just focusing on uh, West European and North American art, and which were being sold to West European and North American collectors. Whereas today, you have collectors from all parts of the globe uh, buying artists from all parts of the globe, and also the flow of information about what is being done in different parts of the world uh, is, you know, much easier than it used to be. For instance, uh, during the Cold War, artists working behind the Eastern uh, the Iron Curtain uh, knew very little of what what was happening uh, uh, in the Western world, and, and, and vice versa. Whereas uh, now no artist is working in total isolation any longer. Now one area that I have found fascinating to be, to observe over the last you know two to three years, uh, in particular, is uh, African contemporary art. There is, uh, I think, that some of the best contemporary art uh, today is 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 being made in in Africa, and there are also Uh, beginning to be some very good uh, African contemporary art collectors. And I think that in in the uh, months and and, and, and years to come, we will see that that market developing
0: much more, uh, which is very exciting. As we said, right now you're both a dealer and advisor. What is the mood of your clients right now regarding the contemporary art market? Um,
1: I think the interest for contemporary art uh, remains very strong. Uh, this uh, you can witness uh, at all the art fairs, at uh, all the auctions, at all the exhibitions that are extremely well attended. Uh, what one has seen in the first uh, months of this year is that potential vendors of triple A uh, so-called trophy works. Have been uh, sitting back and uh, wanting to see, you know, how the market was, uh, you know, developing. Now, with the New York uh, contemporary sales that had very healthy sold percentages, I believe that the uh, confidence of vendors uh, of Triple A works uh, should be coming back and. Uh, so uh, I I think we are witnessing a market that remains really very solid and and strong and healthy.
0: And lastly, based on all of your experience, I was wondering if you could offer us some advice for emerging younger collectors who are just starting to begin acquiring art.
1: I think initially the key thing is to... See as much as you can. So if you can spend time looking at auction previews, looking at art fairs, looking at gallery exhibitions, looking at museum exhibitions, and the more you see, the more you inform yourself, and the more you can uh, establish what really you know works for you, what 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 attracts you, uh, that that is very important. And then once you've uh, feel more familiar with what you're seeing, then, then you can start, uh, uh, kind of putting your, your foot into the water. And, uh, but the, the thing is, the minute you start acquiring, you, you learn quite rapidly because, uh, if you make mistakes, it, it, it costs you money and, uh, you will try and, uh, avoid repeating these mistakes. And I find that very often, uh, private collectors become the best uh, connoisseurs, both art-wise and market-wise.
0: Simone, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing your thoughts on a variety of topics. And your new book, The Auctioneer, Adventures in the Art Trade, is available now on Amazon and wherever else you can buy books. Thanks so much again, Simone. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Adam. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by Gallery. Discover the world's most talented emerging artists from the comfort of your home on uGallery.com. uGallery.com is the leading curated online art gallery featuring a diverse collection of quality original works at accessible prices. Artwork ships free, arrives at your doorstep ready to hang, and comes with a seven-day money-back guarantee. Browse our collection at uGallery.com. That's the letter U, gallery.com. This week's episode is also brought to you by ArtBase. Did you know that ArtBase is the best love software in the art world? ArtBase offers products that do everything you need to run your art business. Track your art and your contacts and cross-reference them. Make invoices, generate consignments, run all kinds of reports. Even use it on your iPad or iPhone at art fairs or while you're away. Take it from the thousands of happy ArtBase clients all over the world. ArtBase is the right software for your art business. Visit ArtBase.com to find out more.